welcome to episode 385 of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with two amazing repeat guests. They've both been on the show before. Coming from episode 50, way back, what, uh, seven years ago, or almost seven years ago now, uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing the lovely Emmy Award-winning Dev Ross. Dev, how are you? Muy bien, gracias. Very good. Studying those- Spanish. Very Studying well done. That's probably, <laughs> I, I think most of the Spanish I've been learning recently is just from clips of Dora the Explorer that appear on my Instagram <laughs> for some reason. And uh, I'll, I'll get there. Give me 40 or 50 more years and I'll be able to form a sentence. My other guest is uh, returning from a double episode. We went so long we had to split it into two. Coming back to the show is Chandra Jefferson, the Juilliard alumni. Chandra, how are you? I do well, thank you. Just dodging all the illnesses that are going on around this place. Like, oh. Yes, yeah. it's uh, it's crazy. Your husband, Tom, who has also been on the show, uh, has, has not feeling well right now. And I hope that he recovers quickly. Uh, yes, thank you. These, these diseases just have to stop. I and mean, it's, it's insane how long this has gone on. I know. The mayor, the mayor was at urgent care. Okay. It's like we're seeing friends and oh, family and like everybody is like, wow, let's, let's all have this wonderful thing that we're all getting. Lovely. The new place to meet. The hit, it's the new hip place to meet, urgent care. <laughs> right. It's the new singles bar. Uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, because you're both in Sedona, but but up here in Vegas, it I mean, I understand their push for the commerce, because when we didn't have anybody coming to town, the casinos were literally closed. It was the street. It looked like an apocalypse up here. But they pushed to get things up and running very quickly. And considering we have people coming from all over the world, you know, we get all the different iterations of the disease. I'm sure it, it you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, not manifest, but um, kind of, you know, I, I'm not finding the word, but it, it it grows in its own form in different cultures, right? Different temperatures, different climates. So all of that then started coming here and everybody all of a sudden was like, oh, COVID's over. So I guess that's the end of that. And that was the end of masks. And then we started spiking again. It's just a really crazy cycle. Yes. Nutty. So One we're going to talk about good things. Yes, we are. Yes, good- we are. So I want to talk, I want to let's just get right into it. You guys are working on a project called Weird Detention, which is a movie that you're putting together that I'm very excited about. Um, Dev, I would imagine that you were the primary writer. So why don't you tell us what it's all about? Well, um, I think it all started when, because uh, I work in in the schools a lot with the artists in the classroom programs, and I teach uh, playwriting and and filmmaking and, you know, to kids that, that uh, otherwise might not get it. And um, I was in an active shooter drill with a bunch of uh, elementary school kids. And I was under the table with them, you know, under the desk hiding as they did lockdown. And it was freaking scary. But worse was hearing those little kids whimper. And uh, I just went, okay, enough, I, I, enough. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta do something. And uh, I talked to Chandra and she, you know, we knew she was all for it. And um, I just decided to, that, you know, looking at um, all the conversations that were happening on LinkedIn and Facebook and people just dissing each other and, and uh, because they disagreed and the polarization, I decided to 
do uh, do something, but do it for youth because I've kind of given up on adults. I know that sounds horrible, but I kind of have. And I really love kids and especially teenagers. I will. I love all kids. And, and I just thought, well, let's just start with them because so many teachers were telling me that the fights at school were just getting, hor- you know, horrific. And, uh, um, just the polarization in school politically or racially or, you know, whatever. So I dealt, uh, my daughter is an expert in conflict resolution. She trained me. I did a deep dive into it. And out of that came a script. Um, I think it's pretty dang good. Great uh, script. Shonda wrote phenomenal music for it. So it's like a musical breakfast club. Hmm. Um, the difference is that after kids watch this movie, they'll come away with some skills that are embedded into the movie. And then there's a companion app being developed so that they can practice these skills. And so it came out of my own trauma, sort of um, going, okay, uh, school shootings, man, those, you know, those aren't, I'm not in school. That's not about me. And then to go through the experience with a bunch of third and fourth graders was horrific. And I knew, and I think that as artists, we all we all have the ability to do something that can escape the the political uh, moniker. You know, it can be just humanistic, and so that's what Shona and I wanted to do. Is is from that from that experience create something really humanistic about? Wait a minute, we don't want to talk about guns. It's too it, it's just too divis- divisive. Uh, we don't want to get politics in this. We want to get human beings into this. Create some art. Begin a movement. Offer solutions rather than saying, what can we do? Second Amendment, what can we do? You know? Right. So um, I don't know if I answered your question. I went off on my... Uh, <laughs> I think my you did. Uh, I, I, I really do. I feel like a preacher. Rather than this, I, I thought it was great. I mean, you yeah, move over and let me talk to your kids because you're screwed. <laughs> so let, you know. Well, but it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? I mean, I when you were saying that, it reminded me of something that happened. Uh, I was working running audio uh, for a play here in Vegas a, a few years ago, and it was an art artistic school. So there's a wide range of grades that go to this school, and they actually have like bass guitar as a class, and then they go to English, and then they go to algebra, and then they go to you know, like acting class or what, it's really just such a cool idea. But when we were doing the play, I can't remember which one it was, this girl came up to me as I was, because she needed her mic adjusted. And as I was adjusting her mic, she asked me to not turn her up too loud. She was really afraid because she has enemies at the school. And she's probably eight or nine years old, you know, just this tiny, sweet, frail little girl. And it broke my heart. I'm thinking, how what do you what do you guys fight over that you could possibly have enemies at eight years old? I mean, you're talking fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So it, it right right from even just thinking about that on a one on one case basis, let alone just you know, I, I guess I'm I'm sad that kids that we've not grown past that being able to get through our youthful stages by antagonizing each other and picking on each other and trying to find ways to feel better that aren't putting other people down. Exactly. And, you know, the schools have all kinds of programs like that, where they, you know, they, they, they say that they're working with these kids, but they're working with marginal kids. They're not working with all kids. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
that's the problem. You know, they're they're and I'm not putting schools down because they're over, you know, believe me, they're they're overextended and they're trying to do a lot of the work, social work that parents, you know, for whatever reason can't do or won't do. But social it's called SEL, social emotional learning, and there's so there's such a backlash in this country about it because nobody wants, you know, you can't teach my kids social emotional learning. We don't know what that is. You know, we don't know what that is. Well, so that's become a dirty word. So nobody touches it. The teachers are afraid to touch anything about teamwork, you know, leadership, um, how we feel. And it's the kids, you know, it's the broken kids oftentimes or the kids that are that, that are obviously troubled that um, get put into these these these. Uh, groups after school or whatever they get called in and they they do special counseling but it's just the general kids yeah. and i'm just going to tell a quick story i was working with sixth seventh and eighth graders and i was doing a um kind of a data uh, uh, a data test on whether this stuff's going to work so i went in to a high school for uh, a week and just did my spiel on uh, conflict resolution leadership um empathy and uh, it was so odd. It was such a little thing. These two kids, I think they were seventh or eighth graders. They were about to get into a fist fight. One of them thought the other stole their deck, was about to steal their backpack. Mm-hmm. And it was getting heated right away. You know, fists were forming. And I said, hold, hold on, hold on. Instead of getting mad, try something. Let's get curious. Curious. He stole my backpack or he was trying to steal my backpack. And so, well, let's just get curious about that. Let's break apart what happened. So I, a, a long story short, all it really was, was the kid's backpack was on a chair that the other kid needed to see. He, it was very crowded in the room. I'm teaching classes are huge. He just wanted to sit down. So all he did was move the backpack and then he, and then, well, yeah, but you were trying to hide it. No, I was putting it under the seat because Deb's getting us up to move and to do stuff, exercises in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want it to, you know, get kicked or injured. So I, I was putting it under the seat. Oh, you weren't going to steal it. No, I was just going to, I wanted to sit somewhere and then I wanted to protect your valuables. So I just stuck them under the seat, but such a simple thing when I just said, instead of getting mad, Let's get curious. What what's ha- what happened here from your point of view? He started trying to steal it, and I saw him what he'd do, and then he tried to stick it between his legs. And Okay, what is your point of view? Well, I needed a place to sit. Mm-hmm. And so it mm-hmm. it you know, and and to see that that was about something so simple was it they were ready to throw, you know, to hit each other. But that that's the thing I think that's that's always been kind of a hot button issue is the caveman reaction. Mm-hmm. The we need to to you know survive and defend our property and and you know that before we even know what we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. It's just especially in, now. Especially yeah. now. And it, nobody nobody is so fast, the reaction, the triggers, all the things that you know, I I, I truly believe that it's because of the way our lifestyle is. A lifestyle is fast, furious, get it now. Uh, there's no waiting. There's no reading. There's just, it's just, and it's overload. Everybody's overloaded, yeah. overloaded. And it's not positive. 
you know, it's not like positive overload. Um, I mean, I feel it. I definitely feel it. I have a shorter fuse than I ever have had. You know, we all have our, our own stuff going on in our own worlds and our own bubble. And then we meet up with other people and it doesn't take much, you know, now for people to get um, just triggered about everything. Like those two kids, it was just something it would, if Dev had not done that, they probably would have ended up fighting and it would have been from nothing. Mm-hmm. It was from nothing, but they never would have had that sharing to find well, and that, and also they wouldn't have learned how to deal with the next thing that comes along better. Right. They would have still gone right back to that, what, you know, kind of mentality no, I know. It's instead like, of it's, now they've got tools. Yeah, it's so that whole, the, like, you're yeah. talking to me? You know, it's that whole thing. It's mm-hmm. very, uh, everything's very so I get. So at the end, I was really pleased because at the end of the week, I got out of the 130 kids I worked with, I got 75 letters, which is pretty wow. damn good. That's over half. And um, a letter from the teacher, too. Letter from the teacher, too. Yeah. So, one of the reoccurring things is the kids said, Thank you for teaching us to be curious rather than furious. Mm. And I was like, Wow. That, yeah. First, get curious. Why did that happen? Why did she say that? What's she feeling? You know, all that stuff that if you just, if you just slow down, what a great, uh, I don't want to say catchphrase because that's not the right. Um, it is kind of a catchphrase though. It yeah, is it just it just seems like it's bigger than that. You know, a catchphrase is kind of like a little quip um, moniker, maybe. I don't know, that, but there's something to that. I really like that. It is catchy, but I like that mentality. Like that's what we should be campaigning is things like that. Right. So we're making a movie. Yes, and that's exactly yeah. what we're making. And that is, yeah. we're making in a, a nutshell, what our movie is about: is before you get furious, get curious. Well, what's what's going What's going on here? What it, you know, outside my bubble of my own pain, you know, what's going on with other people? Right. And um, and then when you realize that you've got empathy and you got understanding that somebody's actually listening to you, your burden isn't so big. So that's our, so that's our passion project, Scott. That's, um, and I think what makes it special is that we, uh, we, you know, got roles for three really terrific roles for three kids, three youth, you know, early uh, teenagers. Um, we've got, uh, a singing trio, three singers, three divas, we call them that, um, that will sort of guide them on this journey and um you know lots of humor and um pathos empathy a lot of painful moments and you know all the stuff that smacks of a good film and we hope to uh we're going into big fundraising now we're going to do it on a shoestring budget of a million and um and then we're gonna you know um do our best to offer it up to every school free along with the app uh, hopefully get it on Netflix and, um, you know, we're looking into, you know, Apple TV and all the, all the, the cable, the cable formats that, um, or streaming formats rather that, um, are looking for YA projects. And, um, it's, 
Yeah. So it's generally, so if you do it, yeah, and generally if you do it cheap enough, you can make at least you know, your money back. <laughs> right. right. That's, exactly. that's at minimal the goal. And of course, a lot of people don't understand the cost of advertising. When they think of what does it cost to make a film, they think of the film's budget. There's a whole separate advertising budget, which is yeah. usually a hundred percent of the budget of the film. So you're really looking at potentially another up to a million dollars just to to market and advertise it. Yeah. Uh, I do have the link for the website in the show notes, guys. And uh, eventually, I would imagine the app will be on there. It's not on there yet because it's still in development. Uh, how far away is that, Chandra, from uh, from becoming a thing? Well, we are right now developing a Kickstarter for that, so that we can get it made. Because it's expensive. And the way we want to do it is animate. We want to do it so that it's very appealing to young teenagers mm -hmm. um, and, and older teenagers too, you know. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be challenging. And we also, by the way, have a curriculum that mm -hmm. has been worked out. Mm -hmm. And that app goes with that if that happens. Because right now we're so, now Dev and I are so focused on the movie. Mm -hmm. We have all of the components together. We besides we don't have the money yet well, that's the thing that we're we have everything but the money dang it right. everything but the we have money. some money we, we have some money, money. so what i wanted to say is on the website weirddetention.com there are donate buttons everywhere and if you want a tax deduction you can get that because we are with what we call a fiscal receiver they are a non-profit dev you want to talk a little bit about who they are and what they do they're so cool they're awesome yeah they're they're empower. They they um, they're a nonprofit that helps um, kids with with uh, disabilities, mm -hmm. and um, you know, really supports them. So their mission and ours is very similar. Right. So, so when you when you donate, you get that tax deduction that you need because they're a nonprofit. And then as a fiscal receiver, we receive we actually give money to them, and then it's sort of a, a housing for all the money that comes in. Uh, fiscal receivers are great because they don't allow you don't have to have a nonprofit yourself, but you can give people who want to donate, be an angel, donate, be a backer, and yeah. get tax deduction. That's a pretty big deal. It's interesting. I I thought about this a couple of days ago because I had seen somebody post um it was it was like they were looking for money for surgery for their pet. Mm. And I thought, boy, we're just being asked to fund everybody's lives these days. But here, people have an opportunity to actually put their money towards something that is going to make a difference in not just children's lives today, but could potentially reshape the way that people think, which we desperately need right now. I hate the word triggered, but it is a hot button word in our society because everybody is just on the edge. They need to rage. They have to they have the right to get mad and get it out. And it's just a complete backwards way of thinking. It's a network all over. Remember that movie network? Oh, I'm yeah. Not take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like well, everybody's at that. Everybody's on that edge. I'm done. I'm cooked. You know, you want to talk to me? You know, it, it's intense. And, um, you know, what I want to, I want to mention this. This is not a dry film. This is a fun film. And our journey is fun. Our journey is entertaining. Not just the movie, but just the whole idea of being able to be a positive agent, uh, an agent for positive change, you know, right. to do something that brings people together. And it isn't based on any party or any sort of belief system like that. You know, this is not political in that way. This is about community. 
And it's about uh, the kids getting excited. You know, when Hamilton came out, uh, I know that it did become sort of political in a way. It was politicized. And, of course, it was about politics, too. But it was also about human beings. Human beings in a certain time in our history. Right. And what I wanted to mention is the kids got excited because they campaigned all of that with a lot of fun towards high schoolers and younger. We were doing it. We have Sedona Youth Theater. We've had it for about, I want to say, what is it now? 16 years, Deb. Um, and we're very excited. We have a new home for that. It's basically workshops for children from the ages of 12 to usually 16, 17 at the most. And it's all learning about active listening through improv and also learning teamwork. And the kids love it because it's fun. And that's what this is. This is about bringing it together in an entertaining way. And when we were doing this one year when Hamilton was a big deal, the kids do Hamilton. There were like 13, 14-year-olds that were reciting it. Oh. They did like a number because the the way that the producers with Hamilton worked is it a lot of social media where there were live like scenes happening on the steps of the theater where it was opening. Wow. And they just kept working that at like one o'clock, you know, or after school. And the kids would just flock. And um, it was huge, and and they loved it because it was fun with rap and all that. So the songs are uh, the way I envision it. I've done I've done some arranging, of course, of the songs so people can hear it and get an idea of it. It's a whole mix because the divas that Deb was mentioning are um, funny and sassy. They call the kids out on their stuff. They take them back into time. There's a lot of time travel. Mm-hmm. where they have to deal with that through a manual that they help them with. And it ends up that the kids help each other. And there's just a lot of crazy, wild, fun things happening. And Dev and I have a tendency, this is a fourth musical that we've written together. We have a tendency to get you laughing and then all of a sudden, you know, pull you over here. And you're so busy being open and laughing that all of a sudden the next scene, you're like, what just happened here? So you're totally open. And we love that. We love manipulating, you know, through fun, entertainment. Sure. And it yeah. is kind of that in a way. I mean, I well, it's not. Yeah. It's, I mean, not really manipulate it, but you know, we're, we're moving you around. It's, it's, it's a, like a it's, ride. It's, 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 a, a ride. It's, the, it's, the, it's the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine and go down. It is. That. That's all it is. And I just think that I think, you know, I, I see a lot of people say, you know, you're an artist, shut up, you know, like Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, you know, we don't give a, sh- you know, poop where you're who you're voting for and just shut up and sing but the the fact is is that that is such a misnomer because artists from the beginning of time bards you know uh when you had the greek the 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 the, the greek theaters and and performances they were always about social things shakespeare you know a lot of fun but it's still they were about social inequities or male and female relationships and they're always some kind of uh not always but a a, a statement about being a human being and so you know i just think it, it's not every artist's responsibility to try to make social change that's up to them but i just know that the best way that i can is through my work and i you know i've done a lot of um you know, for people who know anything about my work, you know, I worked for Disney, I worked for Universal, I did, I worked on a lot of things that were really, really popular. 
and I have enduring fans and God bless them. Um, and uh, one of the things like <laughs> I worked on the Disney afternoon and that was a huge thing with a lot of people growing up, a lot of latchkey kids growing up. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, you know, you helped form my, my childhood. And I, uh, you know, I rushed home from school to watch the Disney afternoon and I thought, Oh, that impacted you? That had meaning to you? Oh, yeah, the Rescue Rangers, and when they did this and they were a team, and I was like, oh, oh, I, because I thought a lot of that stuff that I wrote was just like, I tried to always, they at Disney, they always always uh, tease me because they said, you're always trying to put some kind of social commentary in there, you know? Like, and I was. I was, I had a, I had a Russian guy. I was doing a dark wing duck, uh, zoom. And there was a guy from Russia and he goes, ah, you are, you are very political, very political. And I went, (laughs) yeah, I guess so. You know, I was just telling stories, but from my point of view and, um, but I always felt that that stuff was just so meaningless and I wanted to do something meaningful. Um, but even, you know, even the frivolous stuff, p- making people laugh or forget their pain or whatever is meaningful. So it's just, but this, at this point in my career, and I think for Chandra too, is doing something like this that is really creative as, you know, just, it's, it's, you know, some of our best foot feet forward as artists, but then to actually hopefully start a social change or social movement yeah. that is non-political, that is really humanistic. It's like, um, I could die happy. You know, you could just say, this is, this yeah. is, I don't need the big Academy award. I don't need this. I just, I just need to somehow ease. I, I need to be a part of the solution. I don't want to be, yelling and screaming and holding up signs and pointing fingers. And I just want to be part of the solution. As artists, we all want to affect people, right? We want people to enjoy the things we create, whether it be something that they can just escape the world with or something that they can, that makes them think or grow in some way or another, but to actually affect a, a change as a movement, something that works on a more global scale that changes the dynamic of our society that's really the dream. You know, yeah, I, you know, I don't think we go into it thinking that, but I mean, eventually you, you start off with why well, I hope one person likes what I did. And then when you get there, it's like, well, it'd be really cool if five people liked what I did. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to that point where now you're doing Darkwing Duck, and let me tell you, Dev, every once in a while on my Instagram under, there'll be just under sponsored or people you should follow, you know, things that come up. I don't know how many Darkwing Duck posts I've seen, but there are thousands of them out there people who knew who knew but that's it 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 was organic you had something that you created and and it touched people and to me as an artist there is nothing better than that but especially as musicians Chandra you and I we don't get to find that out very often you unless we're in concert right I mean I've had the pleasure of having people come over and talk to me about songs and wow, that song that you wrote, you know, it's really, um, you know, it's it's interesting how we can move people through music. And Dev wrote this phenomenal script. Matter of fact, all the scripts you've written, Dev, that I've written music to, they're all fantastic. 
for me, they sing themselves. You know what I mean? Like I sit down, I immediately get the picture and the feeling and I'm in the process. Actually, it's in the hopper, as we, as I say, uh, working on two more songs for this because there's six at the moment. There'll probably be more like eight Mm -hmm. to 10, you know, but there'll be music stuff in between and everything. But the, the songs are part of this key because kids are the ones that listen to all the new music and, and mm-hmm. we can make them feel that it's cool. You know, not that we're hitting them over the head with education. Or, oh yeah, no bullying, blah, blah, blah. They've heard that for years, but something that's cool. That's why I brought up Hamilton. I didn't quite finish my thought there. You know, I was talking about that is Hamilton is historical, but they made it something that kids wanted to see because it had rap in it. It was the, the, the whole show is, is, it's got songs too, but it's hip hop, a lot of stuff. And it's exciting and it's fun and it's diverse. They could see themselves there. It wasn't just a whole bunch of white people, you know? Well, how how and, many of us learned the process of how a bill passes through, you know, the, the United States process because of a little song made by, uh, what was it? The, the school of, uh, school of rock. School of rock. School yeah. Of rock. Yeah. yeah. On, on ABC, you know, exactly. I watched that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then what was the fraction thing? Oh uh, yeah, the well, there was conjunction junction. Conjunction, yeah, function, junction, and, yeah. yeah. That was the Randy Newman. Uh, but that's the same, the same thing, right? It's same idea, yeah. It's a so, subtle education by something that you find enjoyable and it's catchy, and you just start singing it, and before you know it, you're like, oh, that's how that works. Yeah, you see, I got to tell you, sitting in the in an audience in a movie theater when do you remember when lion king came out yeah. the biggest movie you know and kids didn't know who elton john was i did we did but then all of a sudden it was like i remember going there to see this movie the first time all the kids in the audience knew the lyrics they were all singing the lyrics and i was like how many times did these kids see this show it was in a movie theater it wasn't a rerunner like on tv it was in a movie theater. And they obviously had come back and back and back. And they were all singing. They all knew it. And they were of that young age, you know, of eight, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Our audience is a little bit different. It's a, like more like 11 to 16 or 15, getting them before they become very aware of what's cool, not cool, you know, this isn't cool or whatever. But if you get them through music and make it cool enough, by the way, if there's anybody listening who knows anybody you think uh, that you know who might be very well known, because where I know we're being broadcast also in Vegas, yes, who really has a passion for wanting to do things with children and making a big difference, who edutainment, okay, because the songs are really fun. We are looking for that one Christine Aguilera, that one, um, you know, think about who that might be, you know. And uh, so we're putting that out there and we are actively looking for that individual, maybe even a K-pop star. Yeah, we went to uh, South Korea and we met some K-pop stars. So we're really. So and who are very excited about. Well, South Korea is is a little ahead of the curve now than we are in terms of education and arts. And I mean, they've really done a huge push. So. We saw some great K-pop singers who were very, very interested. So we're, we're, you know, maybe we'll bring somebody over to work with our singers. We're just, we're really trying to stir the pot and see, um, we're going to cast totally multicultural, more like, 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 um, 
uh, Chandra uh, Rhymes did with uh, Bridgerton, you know, just uh, just blow it up, blow it up, you know, just 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 shake it up, blow it up, um, have some fun. Anyways, well, and nowadays. So many uh, recording sessions are done remote. You could have a singer that's in South oh, Korea. You could have a violinist yeah. in Paraguay. I mean, it's, it's the truth. so yeah. much. My my band, we've never met and we're working on their, it's their 10th album. It's my second album with the band. And yeah. we're all over North America. We There are two of them are in Canada. The rest are in California and I'm here in Vegas. And uh, we write that way, which is just a really weird process. But Things are because that's kind of becoming the norm. You're you're able to stretch out and reach people that you just couldn't be. I have a songwriter in Croatia. There you go. And we've written a song together and working on a second one. And um, and I have one in Nashville and I have one in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um and <laughs> talking about drummers, I've had drummers that we had in Texas and Atlanta who just sent them all what we call stems. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And so for any of the musicians out there, that's another thing is we are going to be actively looking for a music director or producer that I will be working with um, together to have a new sound to these songs. Even, you know, if you think Megan Trainer, Megan Trainer took a new sound, but made it sound very 60s. Mm-hmm. So there's some songs in there that, that have um, a Motown feel. There's like one song that's a 50s type song. But if we do it in a modern way, it's so cool. We yeah. can sing it, of course. Of course. And so, um, yeah, we're we're really open. If there's somebody that wants to contact us, you could contact us through WeirdDetention.com because there's actually a, a form you can fill out. And like I said, there's donation buttons everywhere. We welcome small donations and very large donations and everything. Yeah, we, were, yeah, we really like um, we really like those donations. Yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We can get some things done. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And we're also, you know, we're also, uh, we're also pursuing grants. We're also pursuing, um, you know, people who want to invest and, you know, like a venture capitalist and get the money back. I just, uh, contacted a producer who's just opened a new production company and is looking for low budget stuff, especially for youth. So, you know, we're all, uh, uh, um, put, if somebody puts in a lot of money, they're going to get, you know, um, and they don't want to just do it through a donation. They can get profit share, and they also can get credit. You know, we're doing the whole thing. We're, yeah, we're doing we're, the whole we're, thing. we're we're doing the whole thing. I love the flexibility of that. And you know, like I said, it, it seems like these days everybody's wanting us to fund every little thing. But here's an opportunity to do something that really can make a difference. And I I really hope for the absolute best. I want this to come out. I want this to change lives because. We desperately need it. And, you know, before we started recording, Dev, you and I were talking about um, the problem with with active listening now. And and I had mentioned my thought that, as I've said many times on the show, that people will listen until they hear something they don't like, and then they just stop listening. They start forming their rebuttal. And then you have the other person who's speaking, who thinks you're hearing everything and you're not because you've already shut off. We need to get past this. We need to we need to learn how to respect each other, how to be open to other people's ideas, even if they conflict with ours, so that we can understand each other and have real conversations. And we don't mm-hmm. have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. 
I, I honestly, there's there's just a handful of people that uh, in the last 10 years, I felt that I could really have that kind of a conversation with. And everyone else, I feel like I have to be a little bit guarded, you know? I'm feeling that. I feel it's, that way too. Yeah, it, it's a very, very vulnerable feeling. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm challenged by it constantly. I, I find myself having to go, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Like, um, I wrote, I've been, I just, uh, with a, some, uh, on another project I've been working on is called La, Las Antistas. And it's uh, an American and Mexican thing where people, people, and I don't know if they, about in Vegas if this happens, but in Arizona, people are always going over the border to get their teeth done because mm-hmm. they can't afford it state. So they go to dentists there. So I was there, did some research. I found some amazing stories and I decided to write a pilot on it uh, with my partners. And um, I researched that baby. Oh my God. I, and I've been studying Spanish for seven years and I just, you know, I thought I I deep dived into interviews and all of that stuff. And then I wrote the pilot and I just rewrote it and rewrote it. We finally did a, a reading um, with American and and terrific Mexican actors, and the Mexican actors were going, "Yeah, white girl wrote this," and I was like, "What? Wow, <laughs> what?" And they went, "No, no, no, the story's good, but white girl wrote this," and I went, "Well, yeah, I mean, I I'm a white girl, but I doesn't mean I don't feel." And and then you know, so um, I started to work with one of the women who, you know, at first I was like, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you know, I, it was like. <laughs> How dare they? And and the fact of the matter is, is that the story was there, but the the stuff that was missing, and I'm getting this now with uh, uh, Trisha, that she's uh, an, uh, an actress and uh, terrific actress from Washington, and um, who's Mexican American, and and raised very much in the culture that I'm writing about, and just her few little changes as we go through the script and telling me a little story here a little bit of more understanding here and I'm like oh my god a white girl wrote this you know? <laughs> it's like a white girl wrote this but it's again it, the story is not changing so much as the as as the tone the feel the the little bits bits and pieces and at first I have to tell you I well, who does she think she is? You know, I had to go through all my resistance of just, yeah, shut up, get over your freaking ego and listen to this girl, this woman. And what an eye opener. And so it's not just conversation. It's also about getting off, you know, open your umbrella, be open to new ideas. Um, you know, put put your ego aside for a moment and see what you can gain. And I'm gaining everything. And in me gaining everything, she's also gained a seat at the table that she might not have gotten before, you know, the writer's table. And it's just a, it is a win-win. And we're so used to win-lose. I win, you lose. Right, yeah. I got to win, you got to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and I still fight it in myself, you know. I'm the creator of this. Well, you know what? So what? 
but but we're programmed to think that way. Yeah, it's for for us, it's a matter of deprogramming those things that have just become part of our way of thinking and reacting. What you guys are trying to do is prevent kids from getting that. Well, you know, change the ones that have it now, but prevent future kids from even starting along that line. Exactly. Which exactly. if you can do is that, it? I mean, that's how you change the world. And that's called, that's a philosophy in acting. And it's also taught in business. It's called the yes and. It's not, you know, how many times have you been told, no, Scott, no, that's a dumb idea, Scott, no, Scott. But what if some people said, yes, Scott, yeah, let me hear more about that. Or, you know, I'm not really resonating with this part, but let me hear more about that other mm -hmm. part. Right. And if we start saying yes, yes, and to each other, gosh, just think what we could do. Or, We're or not squelching ideas. Take take the negative part of it. They I hate this, but say this isn't working for me because can we rework it or do we need to scrap it? Do it in a positive way. Like when I uh, do beta reading for authors, I have all of my feedback, but it's all in the way you phrase it mm -hmm. that is going to be how the author is going to accept it. But along the lines of what you were saying when I was working on the Universal Court, you know, I've never been married. I dated very little. So I, I understand very little about women's processes and how they, you know, choose their outfits. And I had a scene where I had to have somebody going through this emotional roller coaster while they were getting ready for work. And when I wrote it, I read it back. I'm like, uneducated male wrote this. Exactly what, what yeah. your friend was saying. And um, so I reached out to, to friends of mine. I'm like, if this were your situation and this were your emotion, like, how would you go about doing this? So I could write it from a more educational standpoint instead of me just being like, I, I, it's fine. I know what I'm doing. It's good enough. Or because or, I really wanted it to be the best it could be. And that's the only way that we get there. Mm -hmm. But what about you, Chandra? When you're writing your lyrics, do you find that there's times where you dial back and i'm thinking more like greed incorporated because you're pretty bold with greed incorporated um do you do you find though that there's lines where you're like i don't know if i should cross that line or not yes <laughs> although although i have to say i mean i always tell i always tell my students this and i teach i teach my voice and acting students this, and also songwriting students because i teach that and i say you have to become whether you're the songwriter or you're you know when i'm a songwriter I am writing as an artist, as a songwriter. I'm writing for the artist too. So I'm thinking about what is it like to say those words coming out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. I happen to be a singer, so that helps, right? Mm -hmm. I think some of the best directors are actors first. They understand how to talk to an actor. They've been there. Then while I'm also writing, the first part that I'm writing, I let the songwriter go crazy. And then I let the producer come in and go, you know, or the editor go, I know you love that word, but it sucks. So the artist isn't going to be able to sing that. And let's look for a different word. Let's look for something that's not so cheesy or let's look for something that's not so simple or maybe something that is more simple. I don't know. So I tell, I always tell my kids and I'm, <laughs> I always get it back to, I'm putting my producer hat on now, you know, be, be nice. Don't, don't be rude even to yourself. That was horrible. You know, I hate it. Be productive. What was it that I didn't like? So yes, there's that process. I know that every writer has their process and a lot of writers do not let go. And I have worked with writers like that and it drives me crazy. You know, like really good songwriters, but just will not bend. Mm -hmm. And also writers too, writing way too much. Songwriters do that too. Too many verses, too many, whatever. Arranging, whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure. But um, I, 
With Great Incorporated, I knew that it had to be really intense. And I wanted to pare it down so that it was just right to the point. There was no pussyfooting around at all. It didn't give a quarter for that. And when I arranged it, I wanted it the same way. And I rewrote and rewrote and rewrote. And the music video, the first one, was so intense um, that the person who funded me for that project, you know, I remember showing it to my husband and that person at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was like dead quiet. It was like, I went, and it was like, whoa. Because it had, it had faces that we all know in it. Uh-huh. And then I passed it by somebody because I had a bad feeling. And he happened to be a copywriter um, guy, copyright lawyer. Oh, Not perfect, in this yeah. state, but in California. Mm-hmm. Eric. And he calls me and he goes, um, really great, powerful, 160 images, 160 lawsuits. <laughs> you have to do the whole dang thing all over again. I said, what? <laughs> he goes, yes, you're going to have to, you're using photographs that you're going to get sued for. Yeah. And I, and that was a part of it. I was like, well, wait a minute. Hang on. This is like, you know, we see these faces everywhere and everybody's using it. Nope, Chandra. You even have to do the whole damn thing again. Yes, Chandra. So we did. My producer paid for a shutter, uh, a shutter stock, and I had 30 days to audition. And I mean, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day going, that's not the right one, altering them, doing this, doing that, mm-hmm. figuring it out. And actually, it was just as intense. I remember sending Deb something and she's going, oh, I like that change. Oh, wow, that's a different change. <laughs> you know, just yeah. being open, being open to go, all right, you know what? Okay, let it go. We'll find another way to get there. So after we you aren't released sued the... 160 times. So how many times were you sued after the second video? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Good. That one never left. That particular well, one never and... left the building. And I know that uh, this is really Everybody. a conversation for another day, but just wait for all the the laws that are going to be following with uh, what's going to be allowed with AI and likenesses and mm. creation and uh, using voices and things like that. It's we're we're entering a time that's going to be an absolute nightmare for I think quite a while when it comes to the yeah. legal side of that. So just as a general caution to everybody, really know what you're doing before you put it out there because mm. it's it's going to get really ugly before it gets better. But you know what's not going to be ugly is this movie, and I cannot wait for you guys to make it. I think this is such a brilliant and beautiful idea. I just wish you the best. And everyone, go check the link in the show notes. Follow that link. Give what you can. It, even if you give five bucks, it may not seem like a lot, but you know what? That's five bucks that wasn't put towards the production before. So every little bit counts. We are not proud. We are not. We are not proud. You know what? (laughs) Proud people often don't make a difference. They don't get anywhere. They just think that they do because they've decided that they do. The people that make a difference in this world are the ones that buckle down and do what needs to be done to get there. That's right. You understand that because you do that too. I don't know where that came from. I did not plan that phrase, but but it's true. I, I mean, when I when I think about people that really accomplish things. It's the people that are just fed up with something that's wrong or they see something that could be improved and they make the change. It's the ones that that wake up and go, I'm going to change the world because I'm blah, 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 or I'm from this family or I'm in this position. Those are the ones that don't really get jack shit done. Well, you know, there's that old saying that um, 10% lead, 90% follow. Mm-hmm. And 
it it's just really easy to be we've had a lot of naysayers and it's yeah. just easy to be a naysayer it's just easy and i don't i mean i don't even want to recount how many times we've been told we're crazy but the fact of the matter is is that 10% lead and it doesn't make the 90 you know you the 10% of us in show business who lead or create new things we need an audience so we need that 90%. Uh, but what we but in that 10%, we need each other to keep going. You know, yeah. it, like just talking to you is is really jazzing me. Um uh because it, it's well from the moment I met you, Scott, and I know Chandra said the same thing, it was kindred spirit. You know, um it was just kindred spirit, and, and that's in in our artist community, we need that because it is there's some mornings when I wake up and I just go, oh, my God, i got to pitch this one more time or I've got to, oh, I've got to, you know, I've, I've uh, had a lot of no, I've, I've met with a lot of people for money and, uh, well, who else is given? Who else is given? Oh, you know, right. they don't want to do that. You know, nobody wants to take that first step. Now, we have had people so far who have taken the first step, thank God. But getting... You know, you usually have to have money in escrow. And if you have a certain amount of money in a film escrow, then people all of a sudden want to come in. But getting those first 10%, those people that are willing to lead mm. ain't easy. And we really need each other as artists to just keep, um, you know, giving each other support. Well, let's it's, look at this a different way. Uh Let's encourage people instead to be the first people and you're going to be better than everybody else because you were the ones that were there in the beginning. You were there when everybody else was like, oh, I'll just wait and see how things, no, no, you're the difference makers. Yes. So get that donation in right now. Yeah. Cool. And, the link. and uh, let us know if you want your name in the credits, you know, donors or, you know, special thank yous or, cause we're all about, we're all about this. We're all yes. about sharing. And making this a community, you know, a people thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also, if any of you are watching who know people who would like to be involved in something like this, investors, or if you know some bigger people who have bigger money that want to do something with that in a very positive way, we are definitely um, offering um, little bonuses for that. So it's, you know, we really do want everyone to win from this. We're very excited about this because we can see how what we're doing will make a positive change. It's something that you can do that will help. Now, Pat, like also, Deb said, yeah. well, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything about it. Well, here's something. Yeah. And if anyone wants to read the script or listen to the music, they can ask for it um, yeah. on the website. And also, too, we're not just looking for, you know, it's always good in a film to have one, you know, some, one of the actors or singers who has cue, you know, um, it would be great if they, you know, we get one, like a, uh, we talked to a lot of K-pop singers. If we get one of the more famous ones, that's great for us, but we want to populate this film also with new talent. Yes. And we're going to do, um, the three kids have to sing, or they have to be able to act. Um, they have to handle comedy as well as drama. So this is a real opportunity for a young actor. So we're going to be looking far and wide for some really good actors and uh, some great adult. There's some great adult roles. And again, they're very diverse culturally. 
So, um, I like that. You know, recently I had uh, had the pleasure of interviewing Ruta Lee, and I was thinking about oh, you know back it. back in those days, you had to be able to do everything. You had to be able to do comedy and sing and act and do drama, and you had to be able to do it all. And now everything is kind of like, yeah, I'll try being a singer. I'll put an album out. Eh, I'll go back to acting. It just seems so kind of everything's casual nowadays. I, I like that you're looking for people that have a variety of talent. That's what I oh, love yeah. about Disney, by the way. Disney did create. There's so many people that mm. came from Disney that are just incredible artists. Yeah, also, I think, so I think oh my people God. forget that uh, Christina Aguilera and Britney oh, yeah. Spears came from yeah, Disney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because they've gotten Justin so Timberlake. big and so far away from that. Who? Uh, Justin Timberlake. That's right. Yeah. There's a whole mess of them. And... Um, yeah, then they all know how to do that. They all know how to move. They all know how to play instruments. They know how to sing. They are fabulous actors. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so there's opportunity for that too. Okay. It's exciting. Yeah, we're looking. We're looking for young, fresh talent. Um, you know, come get on the train with us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take this ride because. Honestly, if the world that you're creating comes to fruition, the whole planet is going to just be a much better place to be. And I'm so tired of, of feeling and hearing people say, this place just sucks anymore because it doesn't have to. But the only way it's going to change is if people do what you're doing and take action against it or help people take action against all the anger and hatred and everything else. Turn this into a positive. Let's just make this a great place to be. There's no reason it can't be. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you very well much. Said. Thank you. Well said, Scott. You've been okay. very, you've been just ex expounding beautiful things tonight. Just thank you. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. For one, I'm excited to get to talk to you guys because we don't get to do this often. I think the last time was, was before COVID when we had breakfast in Sedona, uh, which was a wonderful time. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about what you're doing on top of that. It, I really, really think that this is an amazing thing that needs to happen. And whatever I can do to help it get there, I am 100% on board. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you for having us on. Of course. Thank you everybody for watching. Yeah. And you guys, uh, you know, you're always welcome on any time, but uh, it's nice to have you both on. And thank you very much for coming. Yeah. Okay. Much. Cheers. Happy Adios. Nos vemos, señor. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Dev and I are starting a Dora the Explorer rewatch podcast so I can learn Spanish. Help me in. Thanks, you guys. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.